how much money are you, how much money or time are you willing to dump to, to uh, provide to your idea for, for you say, you know what, no, I've given enough time and enough money to it. This is, this is my line in the sand. I'm not going any further than that. So I always tell people you need to start off that with that route loss first. Welcome to the 30 minute hour. It's the personal development podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twig, your procrastination prevention partner. Join me as always, you know him as the super CEO, business strategist extraordinaire, and all around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Monday. Hopefully, hopefully everybody is uh, tuning in to our 10 a.m. video we do every morning, Ted, or every Monday morning. Be careful. Be careful every every morning. (laughs) Not every morning. Yeah, Yeah, they're like, man, it's Tuesday, and and there's no thank God it's Monday. No, it's only on Monday. Only on Monday. Don't look for thank God it's Wednesday or Thursday. We, we just we just try to stay with Monday. That's right. But yeah, the whole point of that is to help you to jumpstart your day so you can attack your week. So if you did happen to miss it, uh, make sure you go back on the 30 Minute Hour Facebook page and check out Thank God It's Monday. To really help to shift your perspective uh, so you can take things to the next level. But this is not your everyday podcast. So we, we do things a little differently here on the 30 minute hour. Uh, certainly you can watch us live. I see people are starting to join us now on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and on YouTube. We broadcast in all three places at the same time. And then later this episode gets uh, uh, recorded and downloaded and you can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of those great places. Now, speaking of this episode, I did want to mention the fact that this episode is sponsored by Tom Pilati. He's America's sales and marketing coach. That's right. Do you need a great sales and do you need great sales and marketing ideas? Are you tired of missing the mark and wasting all of those valuable advertising dollars? And it's time for you to give Tom Pilati the godfather of brilliant sales and marketing ideas, a call. That's right. All listeners today, all viewers, you're eligible for his no-nonsense 30-minute consultation. If you just tell his office that Eric Twiggs told you to call. And it's game on. The phone number is 770-256-9770. That's 770-256-9770. Shout out to our sponsor, Tom Pilati, America's sales and marketing coach. So I think, Ted, it may help to know a little bit about sales and marketing if you're going to launch a venture, right? If you're going to launch a startup, probably be a good idea, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You want to know a little bit about that? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I just bring that up to say, you know, today we're going to talk about five things you should know when launching your venture. And mm. you and I, Ted, we, we've launched quite a few things, <laughs> to yeah. say the least, since the pandemic. 
Um, okay. It would have been good if we could talk, could have talked to our guest uh, on some of those things beforehand. I'm going to go ahead and introduce him right now because he's going to help give us some tips on launching your startup, launching that next venture so you can take things to the next level. He is a social entrepreneur and a fractional CTO with a passion for helping nonprofit and startup founders succeed. While he worked with many entrepreneurs, he has shared his tech skills and knowledge with founders to help them build their platform into a thriving business. So please join me in welcoming to the 30 Minute Hour podcast, James Conner. Awesome. Thank you. That's a, that's a heck of an introduction. That's a, thank you very much, Eric and Ted, for having me on the show today. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's truly an honor to have you. So, so I wanted to give people the, the perspective on how you got to this point. So tell us about your journey to becoming this social entrepreneur and fractional CTO. Okay, right. Uh, so when I was growing up, part of my story is that, um, uh, and I, when I talk to a lot of different people and, and appear on different podcasts, I mentioned that when I first started, I had four kids by the time I was 24, right? So for me, I had dug myself a little bit of a hole. I got you know involved with the wrong people you know, didn't focus on, hey, the future was pretty pretty much, hey, live for now and just do what you please. Uh, eventually, I got my act together, but um, it took a lot of soul searching, looking, you know, and, and just getting, coming up with a plan. So what ended up happening is that um, as I did that, in order to get my life back on track, I, need to, I needed help. And what helped me was being able to talk to different nonprofits, uh, different mentors. And so I've always wanted to give back. So once I got my career straight, I, I uh, learned quite a few different uh, techniques and acquired skills. Uh, then I started going ahead and, and finding ways to give back to those you know, those, those organizations that helped me when I needed it to help the most. Okay, great. So you felt like you were kind of at a low point. Did you use that time to really build up to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. And uh, there's so, you know, there's a lot of, of, of students I talk to now and I sit there and say, hey, look, you know, what? Um, you know, the life is going to hit you. You're going to make some bad choices, some bad decisions. Uh, but those decisions don't necessarily mean that the rest of your life is going to, you know, be, be bad. I mean, look at it from my standpoint, 24, having four young mouths to feed, you know, I, I could have I mean, there's a lot of different decisions I could have made in, in that path. I could have just you know, ended up, you know, doing, uh, getting in the worst trouble, but also, you know, not being a good father and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I opted to say, okay, look, in order to be the best father I can, you know, I need to get myself uh, straight and my career started. Uh, so that's what I, I ended up doing. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because I know people who've had similar circumstances and they use that as an excuse. They say, well, yeah, I would, but, you know, I got this going on. I can't. I, you know. so, so, I mean, what is it that's different with you that you are able to use it to propel yourself where a lot of people use it as a reason not to move forward? Right. Well, one of the main things that I, I decided is that um, 
I was in college. I was in college during the time that you know I I, I was having um, my babies, and I decided to stay in school. I I, I needed. To, I made sure that, and I had a good support system. Hey, graduate. You know, don't quit. Don't. You know, and it was hard because I ended up saying I need to find a job. Obviously, so I had to find a, a full time forty hour job uh, that could help pay the bills. Uh, but then also going to school full time. So you just have to buckle down and say, all right, there's no time for partying. There's no time for, for, you know, for playing video games all day. It's just, hey, let's get to work. Let's put in, let's put the uh, the hours in that are needed to get this done and then graduate and then go from there. But even graduating was, you know, a, a different story in of itself because, you know, I graduated and there wasn't like, it was a whole bunch of people lined up to, to hire me. It took a, it took a year uh, before I could finally find a, a, a job and an opportunity that will actually allow me to get into the, the tech uh, tech industry. Okay, so so you got into the tech industry. Uh, you're you're a fractional CTO for the benefit of our our followers. Can you explain exactly what a fractional CTO is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been working with a lot of different startup founders and nonprofit organizations for the last, uh, I would say, seven or eight years. And what happens is a startup founder will come talk to me and, and ask me about different questions. They'll, they'll um, work with us and, you know, I'll give them ideas. I'll, I'll give them advice. There's plenty of people that reach out to me on LinkedIn. They connect with me and say, Jim, can I get 30 minutes of your time? I just need, you know, I need to, I, I just want to pick your brain. And I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, and so what happens is uh, some people will, will ask me, pick the, you know, ask me for my time, and then they'll come back to me a couple months later. Says Jim, I, I took all your advice. I took what you know the. I usually tell people these are your next steps. This is what you need to do. And then they, after they are finished with those steps, they come back and say, Jim, I want to work with you. I love I love just how how it is getting getting your time, and you know exactly how to build out the platforms. I've seen you build successful. Um, mediums and, and entities for other people, and just want we just want to work with you. And so we we find a, a way to make it work. And then, you know, whether it's a you know five hours a month or ten hours a month, you know, however whatever they need that fits within their budget. Hmm. So you say people are always coming to you asking you questions. Entrepreneurs, they want to pick your brain. I like what's one question that you wish people would ask you that they don't. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I would ask. Uh, I, I, I would. I would hope that they would say, "Hey, how can I validate my idea?" Or you know, because a lot of people come to me with an idea, Jim. This is what I'm thinking of doing, and they not necessarily. They've looked to see if there's something else out there. You know, if there's an existing service or tool out there. But they haven't actually validated that idea. Okay, so they say, "Oh, my idea is a little bit different from this, you know, this service that's existing now," and they they actually haven't done the work to sit there and say, you know, to actually give feedback, see if, if people will actually buy, you know, pony up the money to to for this service. So uh, what I would actually love for them to ask is, "How can I validate my idea? How can I make sure that if I build this thing, they will come?" And uh, so there's different ways, different things I talk to them about. One, a really good book I, I prefer people to read is called The Mom Project. Um, it's, it, it's a really good framework for how to take your idea, find ways to um, 
ask people open-ended questions. And then from there, you can get an idea of, you know, where'd your service accommodate or solve their problem. That, that's, I think that's, I think we're onto something here. So like, like what are some examples of ways that people can validate their idea? Like someone's they're looking to start a business, they, they have a passion, but we want to make sure that the market is interested in it. I mean, what are some ideas, ways that that can be validated? Well, one way is to just go in and do a couple of searches in Reddit for, you know, Reddit or, or one of those online communities and see if, you know, uh, find those people that have this problem, right? So what you're going to do is if you're trying to solve a problem, say, you know, um, for example, you're looking to start a pet food business, right? And you're saying, you know, it's going to be a high-end pet food business. All right, well, uh, you know, who is those, what's the problems that are facing those people that are looking for high-end high -end food, uh, pet food? So then you got to find these people. you got to find out where they are, where they're looking for the food. All the problems associated that's keeping them from, you know, acquiring what they want. Mm -hmm. And so if you do that and then you say, okay, uh, you find these people and then you start asking them questions and you're going to ask them, you know, you create a, a quick survey and say, hey, you know, or ask them questions about, you know, why is why, why is it so difficult for, you know, for, uh, you know, you know, getting high end pet food or what are some of the challenges, you know, say, even if, as a customer, I tell people, if you're a customer or you have the, the problem already, right there you're the best customer for yourself of what you're building because you already know your problem everything about your problem and and you just need someone to help you build it you know build a solution and that's uh we can talk about it later but the, i you know um, advisor bob is a, a definitely a, a great startup that i've been fortunate to work with you know where someone had a, a problem they they came up with their own solution and then we just built it for them and now they've actually been marketing their their solution for other other financial firms because they have the same problem. Yeah, like I have a couple of colleagues that are in the marketing. One of the things they'll do is, like you said, they'll go to a Reddit and they'll say, what is your biggest pain or frustration in this area? And then they'll take like the most common answers and they'll use that for to promote the product. Say, are you tired of blah, 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 blah. Are you, and they'll use the exact words that people are coming up with. So the person mm -hmm. that's reading is like, oh my gosh, yes, that's my pain. Uh, so yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, Reddit or those these communities are great for that because the yeah. people are there, and then you know people people go love to go online and complain about something. I mean, there was one. Uh, there's a there's a famous guy that uh, he created this Amazon store, and only thing he did is he paid VAs to scour products and see and look at the customer reviews and see if, if there was an underlying issue with any of the products that were very popular. You know, so in case one case, it was like a dog collar. The dog collar was was sold like like hotcakes. But the problem is people had the same issue. The dog collar, the, the buckle part was made of plastic. Uh, so it always break. And so it, it didn't last very long. So he took the exact same dog collar and, and used metal for the buckle and it started selling that same dog collar. Made a boatload of money off of it. But, you know, it's just, you know, he, he just paid people to scour the product reviews and and find out those pain points, even though it was a, a popular product, it still had uh, some issues with it. Great, so we, we're here, we're talking to James Connor on the 30 Minute Hour podcast. Those of you that are joining us, feel free to comment in the comment section. You can put your questions. Uh, 
down there. We can get them answered during this episode. So, so James, you're the founder of Ocean Rings, Ocean Ring Technologies. So talk specifically about who your ideal client is and how specifically you help them. Yeah, I, we founded Ocean Ring Technologies about seven, eight years ago, maybe probably longer than that now. Um, I founded it with two other uh, two other developers, you know, that specialize in their technology. And um, now I'm not as on on hand with Ocean Ring Technologies. What what happened is that we actually uh, they're still running Ocean Ring Technologies, but we it's basically a development agency that uh, that we spun up based off of the Tom Shoes um, mission. Uh, basically, we wanted to be a for-profit company, but then to be able to um, provide and and donate development time to other startup founders. And that's kind of where we uh, we created a service called Flexible Sites, and we spun that into that donation, uh, donating part, because uh, we were surprised. I mean, granted, if you tell anyone, hey, hey we're giving you away free, do uh, free, free donated de development time, People line up, um, line up around the block, and that's just what happened. We we were working with uh, small and uh, small businesses and saying, okay, we're taking a cut of our profit and then donating it to nonprofit organizations for free. Uh, and then you know there were some challenges there. Uh, some things didn't work out, but what we did is, like I said, we spun up um, a, a nonprofit. We're, we're turning it into a nonprofit now. Um, called flexible sites where we can we can help startups and, and nonprofit uh, founders, um, you know, get the tech support and the tech assistance that they need without getting, you know, getting cheated or, or you know burned by some of these uh, development agencies that are out there that aren't they don't always have your best interest in hand. Awesome. Yeah, I want to get more into flexible sites here a little later. I know that's something you created to help. But, but I want to get into the meat of this episode, which is the five things that we should know when we're starting our next venture. Mm -hmm. So, so, so with, with number, let, let's start with number one. What's the first thing we need to know? We, got, we have this venture, this startup we want to start. What's the first thing that we want to know? The first thing I, 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 I ask them um, is that where is your line in the sand? So when I'm talking to a, a potential startup uh, founder that's, that's looking, I'm, I'm saying, okay, what's the overall big picture from, obviously we always ask, okay, if this is successful, right? Are we gonna sell, somebody offers us $50 million or $100 million, where are you gonna do, you know, what, what are you, what's your decision gonna be? But I always say, you should look the other way, right? It's almost like a, a prenup. You know, you have, you're, you're not, you don't wanna go into a, a marriage you know, on a bad foot, but the prenup is just there for safety, right? So I always sit there and say, mark the line in the sand. How much money are you? How much money or time are you willing to dump to to uh, provide to your idea for for you say, you know what? No, I've given enough time and enough money to it. This is this is my line in the sand. I'm not going any further than that. So I always tell people you need to start off that with that route process first. Um, number two, I would definitely say is time is money, but not in the sense that everybody, obviously everybody knows time is money, but in the sense that, um, that how important is your time based off of how much different, uh, how much help you want. And in that regard, here's, here's my point. Say you have an idea to build 
a, a basketball website, you know, based off of, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, tracking, tracking some stats or something like that. Now you could build it yourself using Wix, Squarespace or no code, but each of those options, right, are going to take a majority of your time, right? You could sit there and say, okay, well, I don't have that kind of time, Jim, I, I would have a full-time job. So then you say, okay, then fine. Then you want to hire someone on, you know, a team on. So do you hire just one developer or do you hire a total agency to, to handle that part? So as you say less time, you're going to use less of your time, then that means your money, your expenses are going to be higher because you want to hire someone else to do that work or be a team and do that work. So it gets more and more expensive over time. Um, number three, I would so, say. So before, hey, hang on. So, so before you, so first you said, uh, where's your line in the sand, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's what you need to know. And secondly, mm -hmm. time is money. You know, how much time are you willing to put in? I know. So I wanted to get Ted in on this because that's the strategy which you do. You're the whiteboard person. Kind of. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking. You know, in most situations, you <clears throat> you kind of start off with a you know as is where you are right now. And then kind of, you know, think about where it is you want to go and that'd be your to be. And then you come up with a roadmap between between that and, and you know, and, and I think you keep it simple. Like you keep it, you keep it simple. It doesn't have to be a, you know, full out business plan or anything like that. It can just be some bullets on a piece of paper up on the wall. This is where we are. This is what we're doing. This is what's working and, you know, what's not really working and then. You think about, you know, where it is you want to go and then come up with that, you know, that plan to get you from point A to point B. Great. Okay. So, yeah, so, so yeah, where, where's your line in the sand? Time is money. What's next? So, and just to, you know, because that, that was, that was spot on because that was one of the other ones. It's number four on my list, but it's basically don't try to build everything, right? Keep it simple. You don't need to buy. You don't need to build every single feature. You just have to find that one feature that that's going to solve that problem, and people are going to to come to you regardless if it has all the bells and whistles. If it helps, if it solves a problem or helps them save time, people are going to to definitely use your service or product. So I mean, at the end of the day, just find out, focus on that one thing that's going to make a difference for your customer, and then build that, and then go from there. Um, but the other thing is number three, I would, is, uh, is to always, um, is to find someone, a mentor or someone that's launched a venture before as well. So that really helps. I mean, even if they didn't sell that venture and it wasn't super uber successful, if you go to some of these other communities and they say, Hey, you know, uh, I've, I've built like five startups or I've, you know, uh, you know, built a couple of businesses, you know, and business ideas and they've turned into actually uh, actual passive income. You want to pick those people's brain. You want to get, you know, get to know them, learn their their habits and things of that nature. You two are very good examples of that. You know, people that would reach out to and say, "Hey, um, I'm looking to build this thing, and I would love to keep in touch and, and for you to give me feedback." Because I mean, I know a couple of people that all they do is they they sit on boards of of startups as advisors, and they get a, a you know equity some equity into it. But all they do is really they just provide you know insight and say, hey, where are we at this quarter? Did you meet your your milestones and, and goals? And then go from there and, and and ask more 
questions uh, based off of that. Hmm. Yeah, you know, help me out with this, James. Why is it? Because I feel like this is one of the most skipped steps as far as finding a mentor, as far as finding someone who's accomplished a venture that you're trying to start. Why is it that so many entrepreneurs skip this step, in your opinion? Uh, it's hard for some people to ask for help at the end of the day, right? You're reaching out to someone that you don't really know, you know, that, you know, they, you're always sitting there thinking like, there's no, people aren't going to want to help me. They got, they're too busy. They have their own time. Uh, for me, you know, when I come on a podcast episode and, I, uh, and I'm telling people like, Hey, people reach out to me all the time. They just shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Jim, can I get you 30 minutes? They're kind of surprised when I sit there and say, sure, you know, just, just grab a time on my calendar and, and let's talk. Let me hear what your idea is. Um, but it's hard for people to come around and say, I don't know if I should want to ask that person. It's always, I always tell people like, uh, I used to, I used to want to do things and it's my dad. Right. But I, I would hate asking my dad to go do something mm. and I would just do it and avoid it like the plague. But, um, every, every now and again, you just work up the courage. But the worst thing that somebody can say is no, right. It's not like my dad was going to get mad and yell or something like that. He's just going to be like, no, nah, I don't think so. But just that fear of him saying no was enough to be like, no, 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 no. I don't need to go that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I just think one of the, one of the key things that Ted and I find that the successful people have in common, they always, they always mention mentors. They always come on here and say, Hey, you know what? My, I meet with mentors. They really help. So hopefully that's a takeaway that people are uh, remembering from this episode. So we said we, we, we need to know number one, what your line in the sand is. Number two, time is money. Number three, you need to find a mentor. Number four, just keep it simple. All right, what's, what's next? We're rolling now. Well, the fifth one is just to know that not every startup succeeds. You know, we go people go in with that mindset. They read everything. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have reached out and said, Jim, you know, this lady is making $10,000 in passive income doing this such and such. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, there's like a thousand other people that didn't, they tried the same thing and it didn't work out. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, you have to go in. It's it's not about the whether you succeed or not. It's about the journey. Okay. And I tell people that, that not every startup succeeds, not in the fact that, oh, you shouldn't start. Like, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Try to start your own business. Try to go and do your own startup. It's just a matter that if it doesn't succeed, make sure you get something out of it. Make sure you learn that you know you're going to learn a lot of skills as a startup founder. Even if it doesn't go on to make millions of dollars, you're going to acquire skills that you know you wouldn't as just from a day-to-day -day job. You're going to wear different hats. You're going to wear a marketing hat. You're going to make business decisions. All that stuff is going to be you know um, learned in this process. So make sure you 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 know you you are honest about that and say, okay, now if I go down this road and it doesn't succeed, it's not a matter that. You, it was a waste of time. Trust me, it's not a waste of time. You get better, you learn, you grow, and, and it's fun being, you know, to me, it's fun being in, in an uncomfortable situation sometimes because that's where you actually grow the most. Yeah, I, just, I think that goes back to your your mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, was, uh, I was listening to a podcast, another podcast, and then the point was brought up that you have to embrace the identity of a learner. And then mm -hmm. so if you just say so, if you, so that way, if you if you come across failure, you're like, OK, what can I learn from this? Right. As opposed mm -hmm. to just feeling like you're you're totally defeated. 
uh, when, when things don't go your way. And who knows, the next venture could be the venture that you that you make the big money because you learned from the from the previous venture. So we're, like we're talking about failures and setbacks. I mean, you've been successful. You've been doing this a while. But James, what's something right now about business that's still hard, that was hard when you first started? Hmm. It's, uh, it's dealing with doubt, I would say, for me. Uh, you know, you, you question, like, you, we make business decisions. Unlike Ted, Ted, Ted he, he makes a good decision every time. But for me, like, I'll go back and I'll... <laughs> I'll go and I'll, I'll be like, man, was that the right decision? Like, maybe I should have gone the other way. And you just have that doubt and that just, that you just question yourself all the time. And after a while you sit there and say, hey, you know, I'm just have to let the chips fall where they may be. But for me, it, it is hard to not kind of go back and just doubt myself and be like, man, that, 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 that decision, even if it works out in the end, you're just like, oh man, thank goodness it worked out. Cause that, 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 I don't know if I would, made that decision again but that's one of the things that i i have a trouble yeah that's very interesting yeah yeah you're right you hit you hit the nail on the head with that one ted gets it right every time i'm like man <laughs> I, w- I wish i got it right every time you know but that's the one thing about being the uh, the leader is uh you you got to do something right you got <laughs> You got to do something. The buck stops with you. Everybody kind of comes to you when they're stuck. You know, who do you go to when you're stuck? Right? Mm-hmm. You you just make a decision. You mm-hmm. make a decision. You kind of weigh, you know, the options or whatever, and then you make a decision, and prayerfully you make the right one or or to be another one that you'll, you know, that you'll learn from. And this is where the mentor part comes in again, right? When you have those decisions, it's great to be able to reach out to your mentor or, you know, your support system and just say, hey, look, this is a decision I got to make or this is the situation. Like, what, what would you do based on your experience? And this is part of the, the learning aspect. And that's the other thing about the startup. If it doesn't succeed, right, the people that you meet along the way, you know, is, is very is it's worth it as well because you know some friendships are built off of just the situation and at the same time like like eric said before if it doesn't this startup doesn't work out and you go on to do another venture you know two three four years from now uh and you reach out to that person say hey i got i got another idea that person might go be you know be right there uh, again to support you and help you make that startup succeed great great all right, no, so we, we got the five uh, the, the five things you need to know when you're launching your next venture. So hopefully people were taking notes, you're listening to the recording, you just need to take your little <laughs> finger and do the, yeah, you do the rewind <laughs> thing, Ted. You can, yeah. yeah, transcript, yeah. Right, you need to do the rewind thing and make sure you're paying close attention to those uh, to those points. So, so James, you had mentioned this, uh, flexible sites that you created mm-hmm. to help entrepreneurs and nonprofit startups. Talk to us about that. How does that help people? So, yeah, so flexible sites is a way. So I, it, during my, my years of helping people, there was three, there's, there's, there's a multiple cases that I can think of, but there's two cases that directly stand out to me. So one, one woman founder that uh, I talked to, she had worked with a developer. Uh, you know, reached out to this developer, 
And the guy said, yeah, no, I can build that, right? And he gave an estimate of $60,000. He says, before I can build this, I need $30,000 up front mm. as a deposit. $30,000, wow. a lot of money is to a lot of people. So, you know, but she, she said, okay, I, you know, this is my savings. So, yeah, I believe in this project, putting $30,000. And the guy developed, you know, showed her the demo and developed it, you know, yada, yada, yada. So uh, once the, the project got to a point where it was almost finished, uh, the guy said, she said, okay, so now can I, I have another person that's going to come and look at everything on our end. Uh, you know, do you mind them looking at the code? And he said, well, if I give you access to the code now, you can just take it and then I get left in the dark, you know, which does happen, you know, uh, you know, that's why we need contracts and, and, and DAs and all that stuff. But uh, so she said, okay, well, I'll pay the rest of it. So she paid all the $60,000 and then, you know, and the guy gave, gave the, the guy um, access to the code. And the code wasn't anything. It was smoke and mirrors. It only did what the use cases that she wanted. So it didn't do really do anything. It was just like, oh, you want this to look like, this is what you want it to look like? Yeah, I'll make this blink orange and I'll make this blink blue. But it wasn't actually any logic or anything like that. So she paid $60,000 right, for nothing. Mm. Uh, then she was introduced to me. And, you know, so that's, so what we did is we said, okay, well, we're going to help you, help you out. We're going to build everything. So she then spent $60,000. If she would have went with, you know, like a flexible site, she probably would have only spent like $6,000 in total. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are, uh, we specialize, the, non, the nonprofit that we're creating is a way for startup uh, founders and nonprofit organizations to say, if you can always build a site yourself. You can build it for Wix. If you have a nonprofit, you know, Wix, Squarespace, you do no code. You have a lot of different options that if you're just wanting to do something very simple to put a, a website up. But if you ever start getting to that point where you're like, okay, well, we could hire someone, hire a developer in-house, or we need to go hire a team, then that's when we tell people, go check out Flexible Sites. Because then really what happens is that we have a service that just allows you to save a ton of money but able to update your site, um, there's WordPress and things of that nature. But, you know, it's a little bit more technically advanced than most people think. So we came up with a simpler way to be able to update your content. And, you know, uh, we allow people to to use, you know, to use our dashboard, they update their content, and then it shows up on the website. I mean, we've gotten lots and lots of different uh, reviews and, and talked to people that really love our service. But at the same time, we wanted to make sure they also had access to people that would give them the right information. Like, hey, you don't have to spend this much money for that. Like, here's an alternative that they don't tell you about because it's a lot cheaper. You know, like there's, like we work a lot of nonprofits and I sit there and say, okay, what's your, who are you using for your donation service platform? And they're like, oh, we're using this, this person or this, this one. I'm like, do you know there's a donation um, platform that's free that you don't have to pay anything for? And they're like, oh, really? Yeah, what is that name? And you know, I tell them the name, it's GiveButter, you know, go out and check it out. And, you know, they they don't have to pay for anything. You know, they can get donations for free without any cut other than for the transaction fees. But a lot of, not, you know, these organizations aren't told those things just because they're not always talking to the, to the right people. So from our standpoint, we specialize in this. We talk to nonprofits all the time. We talk to partners all the time. They come reach out. Hey, Jim, if you have a nonprofit or startup that's looking for, to do this, send them our way. Okay, no problem. But what's what's in it for them? What are they getting? We're we're advocating for our customers uh, because we don't want them to get cheated. Like we, I've had plenty of people get treated, cheated and treated, you know, with with not their best interest in hand. 
And how does that work, Mike, as far as if there needs to be updates to the site and things that, how does that work? You guys do the updates, is it? Yeah, we take care of everything. It's basically, we build you a custom site and then we, we take care of everything for you on, on, on behind the scenes. And it's only $25 a month. So, I mean, for, for a lot of our customers, they're, they're very happy with, with having a custom site. And then when they need something bigger or they want to grow it, a lot of us, cause, cause our, our plan is right. We start, you come up to us with an idea. We build you your MVP, your MVP then turns in either into its own business or a standalone service, or you go get investment money. Then you keep working with us because now you're happy with us, right? So then we keep building up your your uh, service and, and your platform, and then you become a full-blown business. Then guess what? As you're working with us and you move over to ORT, which is Ocean Ring Technologies, then that it cycles back to the next nonprofit or startup founder because you're making more money. You're and you, since you're working with us and we're sharing the profit with those uh, nonprofit and startup founders. It's full circle. So, I mean, that's that's our whole mission is to try to be able to support each other at the end of the day. Good point. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great offering. People need to check it out. Flexible sites. It'll take you to the next level. So, so what's next on the horizon for you, James? Uh, for me, it's, it's the, so there's a couple of ideas we have out there. Um, there's a couple of projects that I'm really, really happy about. Um, and there's, I work with a, uh, an organization called uh, Peace Jam, and they run the Billion Acts, uh, the Billion Acts Initiative. So at BillionActs.org, uh, they, you know, they work with uh, Nobel Peace Prize winners to find the next uh, generation of Nobel Peace Prize winners in the youth. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of focusing on most of my time on that. Uh, make, you know, working with them. And that's the, the reason I was in actually in uh, D.C. area last month is because they had um, uh, Kaila Shatiati uh, come and talk to youth about, you know, about child labor and what he, he's trying to do. And he's a Nobel Peace Prize winner from India. Uh, and just talking with these people. I mean, when you're surrounding yourself with people that are doing good, man, it, it's, it's infectious. You're just like, I want to help others out. I want to, you know, it's you know, you want to make money, you want to take care of yourselves and all that stuff at the end of the day. But, you know, when, when you're gone, you know, what do people want to say about you? Oh, man, he made $50 billion. Okay, great. You know, he donated a lot of money. Okay, that's great. That That is, a lot of people appreciate that. But at the same time, if you don't have a lot of money, how are you, how are you, uh, what's your stamp on this world? You know, so I want to feel like I, I made an effort to, to help make it better. Great. So now, we are at the part of the show. This is Ted's favorite part of the show. We call it Write This Down. And this is where we each go around and suggest to the entrepreneurs who are listening and watching the one idea from this episode that they need to write down so they can level up. So James, you're the guest of honor today. So what's the idea from this episode that people need to write down to level up? Find a mentor. You know, uh, there's different ways to find a mentor. You can go to other, there's a lot of startup communities out there, um, you know, that are, that have different segments, you know, whether you're a black and brown founder, if you're doing something in AI, if you're doing something around mental health, there's a lot of different startup communities out there, Slack channels, uh, Discord, you know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn groups. I mean, you just have to find your people and then 
find others that are a few steps ahead of you because that's what a mentor is, right? A mentor is someone that's a few steps ahead of you. We're not talking about Elon Musk or, or Bill Gates or somebody like that. We're talking about someone that's maybe two or three years where you want to be and you say, hey, how did you get there? And what were the steps that, that you know, uh, it took to get there? Those are the people you need to reach out to and, and, and follow and get to know to see what their habits are, what decisions do they make, uh, how did they, you know, uh, how did they set themselves up to, to succeed? That's excellent. Find a mentor. I think that, that's, that's a great thing to write down. All right, Ted. Um, I just think, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole thing around the, around the journey, right? Everyone's journey is different, you know? So, you know, so when you're talking to mentors and you're, you know, and coaches and you're reading and you're getting all this information and sometimes it seems like information overload, you know, but just know that it's all about the journey and your journey is, is different, you know, and it may, you know, your, 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 uh, your GPS to get you to where you're trying to go may be pieces of stuff that you got from multiple places, right? That you're going to find out is going to be the the best way to get you to where you need to to go. And then also, you know, all information that you get, you you don't have to take it, right? It's it, you know, it's information you know that you're going to take a look at and give some thought to, you know, what's the best way, and then you know. Don't be afraid to, you know, to revisit that strategy as well, right? If you see it's not going well and you're not meeting your goals and months and months are going by, and you got to stick with it. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know, you can tweak it, right? You can you can tweak it. But just understand, again, that every, you know, everyone's, every journey is, you know, uh, you know, is not necessarily yours. Like you have, you have to come up with what that that plan attack is for you. You know, your resources, your timeline. You know, something that you can understand and uh, and stick to it. I think no, that's great, and I think a lot of times we get into this whole comparison game. Yeah, and, you know, it gets it gets to a point where it's unhealthy because in reality, you're not you're almost never comparing apples to apples. Sometimes, sometimes you're comparing to something that is not, it's almost like social media, right? Right. You look out there and if you look at everybody's doing great, got all these cars, all this stuff, and you don't know that they might not own any of that stuff, <laughs> you know? And so what people share with you, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we did all this this quarter and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, okay, well, you know, can we partner with you? Hell no, we can't, you know. <laughs> That's okay. I thought you had it going, like, you know, money was just oozing out, right? Like you just right. had it going. Yeah, when you ask them for some of it, you'll see that uh, that story turns pretty quickly. Yeah, man, there's so many different startup journeys. I tell people, uh, is another thing I could have wrote is, uh, is, hey, look up the failures. You know, forget all the stories that you see as success. Look at the failures and stuff like, you know, and, and then at the end of the day, right, when you see someone succeed, there was a lot of work that went into it. Like right now, I'm a big reader. I read a lot of books um, and, you know, they, I, and it doesn't matter what kind of book. I tell people to read whatever you want, but, you know, I read fiction. I read, but the book I'm reading right now is Creativity um, by the found, one of the founders of Pixar. And just to read that story of how Pixar almost did not become Pixar. 
you know, in, in the way that they, you know, that they had to battle through to actually get to where they are, what is an amazing story. But a lot of people won't be like, oh, you know, they had a great idea. They're going to use computers and, you know, to make movies. And the, but at that time, people were very, they, they were like, no, computers, no, no, we're drawers. We're artists. We're going to draw. Nobody uses a computer to make movies, which is absurd now that we, we're, we're in this time period. But it's a great book because you just read that. Pixar is a huge company, and they almost did not happen. Mm. Yeah, but we, we look at we we see the the glory side of it, right? And it's we look exactly. at it, we go, so we go into these things with rose colored glasses, saying, "Oh yeah, I want to be that." But are we willing to go through what he or she went through to get to that point? Yeah. And I think a lot of times, if you knew the true stories, you'd be like, "Oh, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good." <laughs> Okay. I'm good right where I am. Never mind. Let me get back. Let me get back to work. Let me get back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. I tell people, I'm like, look, you know, the startup thing, the startup world is crazy. It is absolutely, and you guys know, it is absolutely bonkers. You know, and I sit there and I tell people, look, if, you know, as a startup founder, you're trading in the nine to five for a seven to seven. You know, it, it's more hours, less money. You know, you're just going on the hope that this thing is going to succeed and you're going to have a better life and things of that nature. I said, there's no problem. There's nothing wrong with being an employee working for a nice company. They treating you right. You're getting a fair compensation. Okay. Do something on that. Have a side project. You don't have to quit your job to, to do something, you know, to start it, to actually build a startup. You can do a side project and, and get a, a pretty nice uh, startup going. But, you know, some people are just like, Oh no, I'm going to quit. I want to be a hundred percent vested in this. And yeah. Okay. All right. Good luck. But you know, again, I think it goes back to that comparison, right? Because there's something that's called the survivorship bias, right? You hear mm -hmm. about the people that do that. They started, like, was it Michael Dell started his company from his bathroom or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you don't hear about the people that are still, like, in the bathroom. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where the vision didn't succeed. You don't hear those stories. Mm -hmm. You know, the person yeah. that dropped out of college and now they're a billionaire. You don't hear yeah. about the person who dropped out of college and now they're still living with their parents. Yeah, and that's the Mark Zuckerberg story. You know, everybody sits there and says, hey, he dropped out of college, started Facebook. And yeah, but he's Mark Zuckerberg. You know how smart that man is? Like, that's a totally different beast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I need these are good comments. Can't play the comparison game. You have to focus on, on your journey. Uh, so, so my piece for this segment uh, has to do with James. You were talking about validating your idea, and I, I had this mentor uh, back when I was really active in Toastmasters, and I wanted to be the world champion of public speaking. And he was the world champion of public speaking that particular year. And I was talking to him I'm like, "Man, your content is just great. What do you do?" And one, he he validates his idea. So like he when he's preparing when he was preparing a speech, he'd be in Starbucks. And he'd be talking, he'd be, you think he's having random conversations, but he's actually validating. He'll tell somebody a story from his, his speech. Wow. And, if he and he tells it to multiple people and they're like, oh, he knows, okay, that's something I got to keep. And, you know, if they don't react at all, he knows to take that out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he just, and I got in that habit eventually where I'm just having common conversations or even I would post things in, on, you know, social media. It seemed like it was random, but there were things I'm going to put in my presentation. I know mm -hmm. if everybody just like, 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 like it, that's something to consider. 
But I think it's very important that you have a system to validate your idea, right? Because we all have things we think are great ideas, but the market may not agree with you. Yeah, right. You know, I think when in doubt, you have to go, you have to side with the market. Yeah. The way that you're talking is definitely a way like uh, Richard Pryor is to talk about as a comedian. You know, he would try different jokes. He would just go to a club and just get up on an open mic and just yeah. start joking. If, if sure. they laughed, you know, hysterically, he was like, all right, we're keeping that one. Right. But if it if one, you know, and it wasn't always like, oh, this is a really good joke. It's just a delivery. Like He was like, no, 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 it's just a bad joke. Like, he, he just needs to go into another one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but I think that that needs to be built into the uh, the process that okay I, I need to get feedback mm-hmm. and, and and I mean I've I've like I'm a part of this National Speakers Association network and we would have meetings and I would have verbiage for content that I thought was a great idea and I'd put it out there and they would be like eh what about this mm-hmm. and, and then I would go with that and then it, <laughs> you know so so it's, it's always good to test things and not yeah. just just kind of go out there. So Val, I thought you made that's a great point you made earlier. Make sure you have a way to validate your idea before you're just all in with the investment. Yeah, it's a quick way to spend ten thousand dollars and be like, I could have sworn this was going to be a great idea. Like I've heard that so many times. Like, yeah, you're not the first, and you won't be the last. Sure, yeah. sure. So James, this has been an awesome episode of the Thirty Minute Hour Podcast. Thank you for sharing all the things you shared. How can the people connect with you? Uh, they can look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not a big social media person. I, I'm, you know, I'm not on Facebook or anything like that. But on LinkedIn, uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's plenty of people that I've I've been able to connect with and learn from, uh, and and so it's it's LinkedIn is the best way. You just go up there, send me a connect, say, you know, mention, hey Jim, I saw you on Eric and Ted's show, thirty minute hour uh, podcast, and I, I'd really, you know appreciate uh you appreciate your time or or just thanks for the insight you know anything like that so I, i'm always looking to to connect with well well uh, well-rounded people and at the same time you know i always thought i always live by the mantra you don't want to be the smartest person in the room if you're in the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room you need to go to another room and so the only way i want to learn and grow is to be around other people that are much smarter than me so that's a good point iron sharpens iron for sure Exactly. All right, man. I, I just feel a little bit more intelligent just having James and Ted on this show. I'm like, man, this is just. Oh, <laughs> man, I would love to pick Ted's brain. I'm telling you, <laughs> whenever I think we all, like I said, it's always like a like a potluck, right? Everybody's bringing a dish. We all bring our experiences and you know what we've read and what we've seen, and I think that it just makes for you know just a good. You know, just helps everybody else to to get to that next level. You just got to be open to just talking to other people. But whenever to to talk. For sure. For sure. Okay, everybody, don't forget to share the show. Share the show. Share the show. Absolutely. Somebody needs to know these five things so their venture can go well. Their venture can exceed their expectations. You need to share this show. Um, so they can listen to James Connor. Uh, don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can listen to the replay of this episode and catch all the nuggets that he dropped. That's our show for this week. Until next time, 
Have a great one.